Many times in my line of work, you come across entrepreneurs who take great pride in their ability to do stuff, right? You know, but when you really look at it, an entrepreneur is a manager of resources. That's the key skill. Uh, you know, taking pride in building your product is good, but that's not the that's not the main job. The main job is being able to identify resources, whether these resources are capital or people, right? And then you get them to achieve that thing that you want. You don't necessarily have to be the one doing the work by yourself. That's not exactly what the job is. So why I'm saying this is you need to consider the fact that you may feel like you're being threatened because you've come across somebody who knows more than you or who can do it better than you. You can't, if you allow yourself not to be threatened, there's a position, there's a possibility of earning huge um, rewards because this kind of person can be a strategic employee. And by strategic, I mean not all your employees are strategic. A strategic person is somebody who can see the big picture. Every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start grow or turn around your business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, as usual, John Paul Iwoha. Today's episode is about people and um, as you can imagine, people are very important. People are arguably the most critical part, the most critical asset in building many types of businesses. Right. So the topic of today's episode is the four types of people who will do well as employees in your business. Right. It's um, very likely you're going to need people to help you build that business of your dreams. And many of them are likely going to be employees. Some of them are going to be your business partner, your co-founder, but a huge chunk of them are going to be employees. So I'm going to talk today about the four types of people who will do well as employees in your business. And you need to pay very close attention to this because, you know, the thing is, yes, you're going to need human beings. You're going to need people. But all people are not the same, right? All people are not the same. Uh, from the moment people start to approach you to hire them, from the moment you start to get referrals from your trusted friends and colleagues to hire certain people, Right, you need to know who you're dealing with because all people are not the same, and that's because knowing the type of employee you know you're going to hire, knowing the type of person like today, I'm going to be talking about the four types of people you are likely going to encounter. Knowing the the right kind of person has implications for time. You might be wasting your time with certain kinds of people, and for some kinds of people, any amount of time you spend is an investment that will reap rewards. Right. And then it could be a waste of money. You can spend money paying this person a salary and then they, they come up to nothing, right? Or you can spend time mentoring, coaching, training somebody, and then they come up to nothing. So it's very important that you pay attention to the things I'm going to be talking about in this episode. So let me just launch straight into these four types of people. I'm going to be explaining the kinds of people that they are. In fact, I've given them a name. For each type, I've given them a name. And I'm going to be giving you, I'm going to be sharing some of their common features and characteristics, right? So that when you come across them, 
you know, oh, okay, so this person is this kind of person. I'm going to be giving you tips and markers that will help you identify such people when you come across them. So the first type of person who you will likely come across and may have some chance of doing well in your business is the people who don't know how to do the work. Now, this is very strange because when you try to hire somebody, you're likely looking for somebody who will help you do some work in your business. So it will help you take care of certain burdens in your business, right? But then some of the people you're going to come across are people who don't know how to do that work. And I call them novices. They are the novice, right? So a novice is a person who doesn't know how to do the work you're trying to hire them to do. And, you know, by nature, a novice is a person who doesn't have any relevant knowledge or skills or experience to do the work. It's not as if they are, they don't have anything in their head. It's just that for the kind of work you want them to do, they don't have any knowledge of it. They don't have any skills in it. They don't have any experience in it. And now that I talk of a novice, I remember my very first job out of university, right? When I started my, I started off my career with PricewaterhouseCoopers, we were hired out of university, even though I studied engineering in university. I'd never done anything in business or accounting or whatever. They still hired us. And in my group, there were medical doctors, there were lawyers, there were engineers like me, there were people who read philosophy, people who read English, right? So it was a broad spectrum of people. But what we had in common is that most of us who were hired didn't know how to do the work. We were hired just out of school. They didn't hire us because of our relevant experience, because we had accounting experience or business consulting experience. They didn't hire us for any of those things. So we were full novices when we were hired. And this is a this is a strategy that many of the big companies in the world actually use. Many of the top banks in the world hire people who, from the moment they are hired, they really don't know how to do the work, but they end up being hired, right? So this is a very important thing you need to you need to keep in mind. Yeah, so one thing you will notice with the, with the novice is that this group are usually candidates or people who are, they are young, they are likely new to the labor force, maybe they just graduated from school or they just finished their education, right? Or they are making a career change. They may not be young people, they might be uh, people who have worked in a different industry, but now they are trying to change their careers. So they've come into your industry and that means they're a novice because they don't have any knowledge or experience or relevant experience to do to do the work. Now, the good thing about a novice is that they are hungry to do the work. They don't know how to do it. So they are hungry to, you know, let me even know what this thing is about and then get started with it. And for many of them, they are currently unemployed. And when you think about it, what kind of person will actually apply for a job or be interested in a job they really don't know how to do? Right. So it's very likely they are motivated. They are hungry to do the work. And the good thing about the novice is that from a business standpoint, as an entrepreneur, they are the most affordable type of employee because they have very low negotiating power. They don't know how to do the work. So they expect that you're going to show them how to do the work. You're going to teach them how to do the work. So in terms of leverage, they don't have a lot of it. You have a stronger hand in dictating how much you can pay this kind of person. You are likely limited by what the minimum wage is or what the going rate is for the position that you're trying to hire or what the industry average is for the position you're trying to hire. Those are your restrictions. But this is not normally the kind of person who will come in and tell you how much they want you to pay them. 
because they don't have the relevant knowledge and they don't have the relevant experience. So in these kinds of hiring, you have the, you tend to have the upper hand. But on the flip side, the novice is the, is the most risky type of employee because they don't know how to do the work and you may spend time and money on this, this kind of person and not get the results you're looking for. So it's a very risky type of hire. So on one hand, is it's it's an affordable hire. It's a it's a hire where you have strong negotiation negotiating leverage in determining how much you can pay this person. But on the flip side, no results are guaranteed. So you need to keep that in mind. But another good side is that this is like you have a blank. It's like you have a blank slate. It's like you have a blank sheet of paper you know, to build somebody from scratch. So you can train this person to your needs and to your specifications. And as somebody who went through this this same situation, I can attest to the power of having the opportunity to train somebody who is a blank sheet of paper. Many of the things I learned that are useful to me in my career, many of the uh, of attitudes I learned about working environments. Most of the work ethic I have now, I can trace it. I can trace it back to my first job, you know. And that first job, I was a novice. They trained me. They taught me how things should be. And all through my career, every other place I've worked in, I've more or less carried on with the same thing. So that's an opportunity you have with a novice. You can train them to your tastes, to your needs, to your specifications. You can train them to fit your culture. And they can end up carrying on the, those traits even after they leave your company. So that's an opportunity for major impact, for major impact. And the reason why this works a lot is that a novice is usually open-minded. Somebody who cannot do the job and is willing to take on that challenge. Those people are usually open-minded and they are willing to learn. And it's a great opportunity if you're willing to teach if you're willing to teach, you're willing to coach, you're willing to develop your human capital in your company, a novice is a great opportunity because what they, what ends up happening is that for those novices who stay, they become your pure breeds. You know, every company has a pure breed. You have, you have companies like GE where, you know, for a long time, the person who becomes the CEO and president of the company is usually somebody who joined the company 20 years ago, 30 years ago, fresh out of university. So when you meet, when you have the opportunity of taking on a novice to work in your business, that person has the chance of becoming a pure breed. They can end up being your true image and likeness because when they joined you, they were a blank sheet and then you had the opportunity to, you know, mold them in the character and in the form that you want, right? So there's also a, a high chance of um, success with a novice. But it, the trick is making sure that you hire the right people. So if you remember what I said, from my own personal experience, my first job, I was a novice. I, it wasn't, I, I studied engineering in my first degree and this was not an engineering firm, right? It was a business consultancy, professional services, accounting and audits. I didn't know Jack about it, but they ended up hiring me. Why will they, why would a top company, why would a top firm, a big four in its industry, hire people who don't know how to do the work? It's a deliberate strategy. To these people, they are looking for, they would rather deal with a blank sheet that can, that they can train to their specs and to their needs than to bring on somebody who is tainted by bad habits or something from another place. I'm still going to talk about that. So that is the thing about a novice. 
I don't want you to quickly write off a novice. At the moment they are sitting in, in front of you, you might not really recognize their value because they don't know how to do the work. And for somebody who has a startup company, you may not have time to babysit people. I can understand that. But I need you to recognize that this can be an unpolished diamond. That's what a novice is. It's an opportunity for you to grow and build somebody or people from scratch who may end up being the strongest loyalists to your company, who may end up being the ones who stay with your company for a long time because you invested in them, you took them on when they were nobody, when they didn't know anything, and then, you know, it's likely that, they, you know, they will stay back. Not all your novices will stay back. People, of course, will maintain their ambition. They, of course, retain their right to move on and look for better opportunities. But the novices who stay, they end up being your, your, your thoroughbreds, your, your purebreds. So it's very important that you keep that in mind. The good, the, the important thing is just make sure they are smart and they are open-minded and they are willing to learn and they have a good work ethic and they are sensible people. They have common sense. Once you have those basics, it's, it's something you can build on. So that's it. The first type of, of person who may end up, you know, doing well in your business is a novice. And who is a novice? A person who cannot do the work. The second type of person who may end up doing well in your business, but you may not recognize it, you know, upfront is somebody who can do the work, but only with instructions and supervision. So you see the difference here. They can do the work, but they can only do it with instructions and supervision. I call this type of person a robot. I do not mean to be disrespectful or, or look down, but essentially it meets the definition. They can do the work, but only with instructions and supervision. Now, why is this kind of person important, right? For most robots, and of course by robot, I mean somebody who fits this profile, they can do the work, but they need instruction and supervision. This is quite common with people who have mainly theoretical knowledge. They just have book knowledge of how to do it, but they don't have practical hands-on experience about how to do the work. This is very common with graduates, with uh, school graduates, whether polytechnic graduates, uh, university graduates. They have all this book knowledge. They have all this theoretical knowledge, but they don't have practical skill, right? So they can bring value to your business, but there's a condition. You have to be able to provide them with enough instructions and supervision for them to do the work. Why? Because they are prone to error and mistakes. They know the theoretical part, but they don't know the practical part. And if you leave them alone to their own devices without guidance or direction, they are going to cause trouble. They may not do the work to your taste. They may not do it to your liking. They may not do it properly, right? So it's very important that you take notice of somebody who will likely be a robot. And another, another thing with the robot is they may, they may not be experienced like I already mentioned, because they have maybe just book knowledge, or they are on the learning curve. So they have the skill, but maybe they just have the basic skill. They are still trying to learn. They're still trying to perfect or improve their skill. But in essence, the thing they have in common is they need instructions and supervision. And um, they may be experienced. Some robots may be experienced. But the problem is that they lack the initiative or the commitment or the motivation so you know those people who just do work by going through the motions. They just do the work, go through the motions, but they need, they need supervision. If you do not supervise them, they will not turn in proper work. 
So that's another important thing. The upside to a business is that a robot is a replaceable kind of employee. When you hire this kind of person, they have the, the highest chance to be replaced because they just do what you tell them. And then when you're not around to give instructions, they don't, they don't pull their weight. They don't, so they do not exercise initiative. Like I mentioned before, they do not show motivation. If you do not give them directions, they cannot do anything. So essentially that is a, that is a drone. And the upside for your business is apart from being able to replace this kind of employee, it helps your business build independent systems because um, since these people require um, instructions and they require supervision, it means that you need to build systems in your business that should be able to provide that guidance that these people are looking for. And because they rely a lot on instructions, you need to be sure and make sure that the instructions you provide is clear and practical. To be able to avoid errors with this kind of employee, you need to be able to give them instructions that are clear and very practical. And there are some examples. You can give them a list. A list is a very common way to provide guidance to a robot. You say, I need you to do everything on this list or follow the steps on this list. Another common way is a procedure. A procedure is step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, check this. Step four, move this. So essentially, just like a robot, right? You, you have to break it down exactly how to do the work. Because if you do not make it clear, they are likely not going to achieve the outcomes and the results that you're looking for. So it's very important. Another, another good example is a checklist, right? So make sure you have done all these things on this list and anyone you complete, you check, check, check. That's way you make, that way you can enforce the uh, requirements for doing the work. Because if you do not provide that kind of guidance, they may not be able to complete um, the work. So this kind of employee requires strong leadership and supervision and they require day-to-day -day management. And you might not easily see the value of a robot employee. But the thing is that with the proper guidance, this kind of employee can become better and they can grow into the next type of person I'm going to talk about, the third type of person I'm going to talk about. So the key is to, prov to provide them with enough guidance, especially if they have the theoretical knowledge, if they are willing to learn, if they are willing to apply themselves, if they are willing to take the initiative, they will eventually get the experience. And then they will get to a point where they don't need the detailed instructions or your supervision to do the work. They know how to do the work without instruction, without supervision. And that's the kind of, that's another kind of valuable employee, which is a third type of employee I want to talk about. This kind of employee is a person who can do the work without instructions and supervision, right? So I call this person the skilled one. The skilled person is a type of person who who wants to work in your company, and you notice that this person is a trained or experienced person who has done the work before. So it's likely they have some job experience in that relevant area. They've worked for some other company or some other place or some other person, and they know how to do this work without all those detailed instructions and your supervision. Now, the benefits, the very obvious benefits of this kind of employee is that they can hit the ground running. Right. So it saves you time and money for training and for, you know, all those things that can happen with trial and error. 
very important. This kind of employee can hit the ground running. And that's very valuable for your business because he saves you a lot of time trying to train or coach or supervise or provide guidance and all that. This kind of person can hit the ground uh, running. The challenge with a person who can do the work without instructions or supervision, a skilled person is that, depending on the job market in your country, it's likely that this kind of person is not unemployed, right? So if you see this kind of person, it's likely they are working somewhere because this is a valuable kind of person, somebody who can do the work without instructions or supervision. That's a very valuable person. So it's very likely they are not unemployed. Or even if they are unemployed, it's very likely they are recently unemployed. These kinds of people don't last for very long on the job market, except they have an attitude problem. They don't show up for work on time. They fight at work. They are very, um, they are very combative with their colleagues. Or maybe if they have an attitude problem, but these kinds of people are usually valuable. So because they are sought for on the market, they tend to have a higher negotiating leverage. They will likely cost you more because you are trying to get somebody who has experience, somebody who has done it before, somebody who can do it without you giving a lot of supervision or a lot of um, instructions, right? So this kind of person will likely cost you more, but there's value for money because it saves you a lot in terms of training, coaching, supervision, micromanagement, and things like that, right? But the downside is that somebody who already has experience, somebody who can do the work without instructions or supervision may have bad habits or poor practices that they have carried over from previous experience. So somebody who is confident in their ability to do the work may be doing the work in a way that does not suit you or does not meet your requirements. And that's a problem because you need to retrain that person. So yes, they can do the work, but they're not doing it the way they should do it or the way that you want or the way that, you know, um, that's building your products or serving your customers will require. They can do the work, they have the experience, but it's not essentially the desirable type of experience. So that will require some retraining and stuff like that. So that's one downside to this. And another downside is they may be less open-minded and resistant to feedback because they may be confident that they know how to do this work and there is nothing new that you can tell them. So they may not be as open-minded as the novice or the robot who knows that they don't really know it. This person knows the work or they feel that they know the work. So they might be resistant to feedback. They might be resistant to correction. They might be resistant to criticism. You know, you might start hearing things like, do you know how long I've been doing this for? You know, so sometimes their resistance can actually border on arrogance, you know, especially when the attitude is concerned. It depends on the attitude of the person you're talking to. If it's somebody who is open-minded, who is willing to listen to feedback, who is willing to be corrected, who is who is willing to learn, then that's great, right? But that is a risk that comes with somebody who feels that they already know how to do how to do the work. And Another benefit in terms of, you know, what you can get from this person is they can take the initiative and they may not require micromanagement, like I mentioned before, and they could be a good supervisor to your robots. So the robots are the ones who can do the work, but they need instruction and they need supervision, right? The skilled one can actually be a team leader to your robots 
Because a skilled leader knows when people are doing things the right way. Especially if it's a proper skilled, skilled one. They know when, th- when people are doing things the right way. So they will be able to guide the robots, the ones who can do it, but they need supervision and attention. So this kind of person, the skilled one can be the person who provides that supervision and attention. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with when it comes to the skilled one, the skilled one is somebody who can do it without instruction or supervision, is that they have the potential to become a strategic asset in your business, right? If they continue, you can cultivate them into the fourth kind of person I'm going to talk about, you know, which is really important. The fourth kind of person I'm going to talk about. And and that fourth kind of person that has the likelihood to do really well in your business, I call them a master, and that is somebody who can do the work and they can come up with better ways to do the work and they can teach other people to do the work. You know, it's not all the time that you see somebody who can do work but knows how to teach other people and has the patience to guide other people and coach other people. That's a separate skill set. There are some people who are very competent, who are very proficient in their skill, but they don't have the personality or the temperament or the time or the skill to teach other people or carry other people along or lead other people. And there are some people who can do the work, but they are set in their ways. They are not thinking of better ways to do the work, of better ways to, of ways to improve the work. You know, that's a different skill set. That's a different mindset, right? So this person I'm talking about is somebody who can do the work. They can come up with better ways to do the work. And they can teach other people how to do it. So this is like you're getting an employee and a leader, a potential leader in one package, right? So how do you know when you spot this kind of person? How do you know when you spot a, a master, as I call them? One common trait they have is that they are very experienced on the job and may have led others in previous roles. So this kind of person may have been a supervisor or a manager, but they don't just know how to do the work. They, have, they, they lead or they have led other people in doing the work. That is one, one, one thing. And another thing you need to look out for, and I don't know how you're going to take this, but you need to consider the possibility that they likely know more than you or they can do more than you. So this is the kind of person who you come across, who potentially could be your employee, but they are more knowledgeable than you. They have more experience than you in that business that you're building, in that product that you're creating, in that service that you're rendering. There's a possibility you can get that with this kind of person. And if you're not the kind of person who is threatened by people who know more than you, you have the potential, you have the, there's a possibility to reap big pen, big benefits here because if you can harness the quality of a master, you know, if you are, if you can harness that quality and not be threatened by it, it can lead to significant benefits for your business. Because it's a, Many times in my line of work, you come across entrepreneurs who take great pride in their ability to do stuff, right? You know, but when you really look at it, an entrepreneur is a manager of resources. That's the key skill. Uh, you know, taking pride in building your product is good, but that's not the, that's not the main job. The main job is being able to identify resources, whether these resources are capital or people, right? And then you get them to achieve that thing that you want. You don't necessarily have to be the one doing the work by yourself. That's not exactly what the job is. So why I'm saying this is you need to consider the fact that you may feel like you're being threatened because you've come across somebody who knows more than you or who can do it better than you. 
you can't if you allow yourself not to be threatened there's a position there's a possibility of earning huge um, rewards because this kind of person can be a strategic employee and by strategic i mean not all your employees are strategic a strategic person is somebody who can see the big picture you know the, the person sees beyond okay yes i see that right now we are just creating products or we're serving customers and we're just making $5,000 or $10,000 in sales. They understand exactly where you are going with the business. They see the big picture. And if you give them the opportunity to take the initiative, they can help you get to where you want to go faster than you may have imagined because they get the big picture, right? And then the thing is, your job is to help them understand the vision the mission, and the goals of the business, the what. This kind of person is not the kind of person you just give instructions or supervise and say, do this or do that. No, this is the kind of person you tell the what. You show them the what you are trying to achieve. In the next five to 10 years, this is where I think, this is where I see we're going to be. This is the mission for this business. This, this is what we're trying to do. This is the problem we're trying to solve. This is the need we're trying to meet in the market. This is the kind of impact we're looking to create. These are the goals that we have for this business. In the next two years, we should have achieved this. And then in the next five years, we should have achieved this. That's the kind of conversation we have with this person because they perform better if they know what you're trying to do. If they, if they know what you're trying to build, they perform better. And that's because their, their main power, their main skill is that they know how to figure out the best way, the fastest way, the most cost-effective way of getting to the destination, right? So this is not the kind of employee you, you show how to do the work. This is the kind of employee you show where you're going to and then allow them to exercise their initiative and their creativity to come up with ways to get you and the business to that destination, right? So, but the other thing is, of course, as you can expect, with all this value, this is the most expensive kind of employee, this kind of employee, a master, somebody who can do the work, can figure out better ways to do the work and can teach other people to do the work, this kind of person will cost you, right? But then even though they are going to cost you, I want you to think creatively about how you can reward somebody like this. This may not be somebody who will be best rewarded with just a salary. If you pay this kind of person a salary, a loan, you are not exploiting their full potential. This kind of person will do well or is best motivated by results-based compensation. And what I mean by results-based compensation is that the more you reward them based on the results they can get for the business. So it's not just about talking or doing, right? So if I'm going to pull back a bit, remember what I said about a robot. A robot is somebody who can do it but needs instruction and guidance, right? Now, a robot expects to be paid for their effort. A robot shows up at work by 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock and they work until 6 o'clock. They expect to get paid. The same thing with a novice, right? But the thing with a master, with somebody who can see the big picture is that you don't pay them for showing up at work. You pay them for results. And that's because people can show up at work and work for 9 hours and it will not yield anything. It will not improve the bottom line of the business. It will not improve the performance of the business. But they've just invested nine hours and it didn't yield anything. But to them, you must pay them for their nine hours. But for a master, for somebody who is at a higher level, somebody who's at a strategic level, you pay them for results. You don't pay them for effort. 
You don't pay them for putting in their time or you pay them for their results. So if they can improve the sales of the business, that's something, that's a result. If they can improve the profits of the business, that's a result. If they can improve the market share of the business, that's a result. So all these results, you can reward them based on the results. And there are different ways you can do this. You can reward them on the basis of commission. You can reward them with bonuses. You can reward them with profit share. You can reward them with stock options. You can reward them with perks. There are a couple of interesting ways you can play around this to reward this kind of person who um, is able to bring results or make results happen in, in the business. And the reason why results are important is that this kind of person needs to constantly apply their initiative, their creativity, and their time in creating value. And that's because they would feel redundant if you don't fully utilize them. They may feel like they are living or they are performing below their potential. And the moment they start feeling that way, they start looking for a job elsewhere. They start looking for other opportunities. So, But if you adequately challenge them, if you put them to task based on a result, and you are you give them something that absorbs their time, their talent, their creativity, their innovativeness, you know, everything that they bring to bear. If you fully utilize these kinds of people, then you can see a lot of value that they can bring to your business. But if you don't utilize them enough, they will start looking for opportunities outside because they know their value. They know what they can do. So but it's up to you to exploit and explore the possibilities of that value that it can bring to your business. And the, the last thing I want to keep, uh, I want to, I want you to keep in mind about this kind of person that I've called the master, somebody who can do the job, can figure out better ways to do the job and then can teach other people how to do the job is that this kind of person is your best bet or your best candidate for replicating yourself in your business. Right? You know, like I often say, some entrepreneurs try to create a business or build a business, but they unwittingly create a job for themselves. They unwittingly create a job. So rather than being an entrepreneur, they are just self-employed. Unfortunately, that's what it is. But when you have this kind of talent in your business, somebody who can see the big picture, somebody who engages with you on a strategic level, they are, they are not just good at doing the work, but they can figure out better ways to do that, to, to do the work. This kind of person presents an opportunity for you to replicate yourself in the business because what it means is that you can step back or step aside and this person can run the show. And then what that means is that you can expand, you can grow. The moment you're able to replicate yourself in your business, what it means is that you are now free to think of ways to move the business to a bigger, high, to a, to a, to a higher level. And that's a very important benefit that can come with having such a person in your business. So at this point in the episode, let's recap. Um, in this episode, we have talked about talent and the way, the different ways that people can manifest in your, in your business. And then I said that there are four types, four specific types of people you are likely going to come across in your career of building a business. These are different people who will be interested in working for you or working with you. They may apply for a job directly with you, or they might be referred by somebody, or you may come across them somehow and recognize the talents that they have. The first type I talked about is, is the kind of people who don't know how to do the work, and these are the novice, right? And like I mentioned, there's nothing wrong with being a novice. In fact, there's a significant upside if you can harness the potential of novices. The second type are the people who can do the work, 
but they need instructions and they need guidance and they need supervision. I call these ones the robots. And I mentioned, I shared with you a couple of upsides and downsides. And then I talked about the third group, the people who can do the work without instructions and supervision. These are the skilled ones. I talked to you about their characteristics, the upsides and the downsides. And then lastly, I talked about those people who can do the work and can come up with better ways to do the work and can actually teach and guide and lead other people on how to do it. I call them the master. And I talked about their characteristics. I talked about the upsides and the downsides. And um, before I forget, um, uh, at this point in the episode, let's talk about our partners, Queza. Queza, K-U-U-E-Z-A, is doing interesting things for small and mid-sized businesses on the African continent. So if you sell products and you're limiting the, your scope to your own country, you're missing out on a lot of potential because there's a possibility of um, selling the same products at better prices to international customers. And international customers range from customers in neighboring countries to other countries within Africa, or even to sell to customers outside of the African continent. I tend to see Queza as doing something similar to what Alibaba did for the Chinese market. Alibaba opened the doors for small and mid-sized businesses in China to get customers across the world. And today, almost everybody is buying from China. Africans buy from China. Americans buy from China. Europeans buy from China. So that's exactly what this interesting business is doing. Queza has created a platform that helps anybody sell their products within Africa and outside Africa. They handle the logistics. They handle payments. So you're going to get paid. And then, of course, you have a channel for finding uh, potential customers. So if you are a merchant, if you're somebody who sells products, I think you need to check out this platform. And you can find them at on the on the on the uh, Play Store, on the Apple um, on the Apple uh, Store App Store and the Google Play Store. Search for Queza Seller. That is K U U E Z A Queza Seller. And then there's a separate app for users. So if you want to explore the interesting range of products that's um, available on this platform, there's a separate app for that. It's called the Queza User App. At this point in the episode, there are four things I need you to consider. The first is to join the Insiders Program. So the interesting thing about the Insiders Program is that we solve business problems. These are frontline, everyday problems that bother entrepreneurs. Talent is a big problem for anybody who's trying to build a business. If you're trying to grow any kind of business, talent is very important. And it can be a very subjective thing. How do you know that? How do you know if this person you're talking to would end up being a blessing to your business, right? So I help entrepreneurs think through these problems. And that's why I work exclusively with the insiders. These are members of our private community. They are building different kinds of businesses. Many of them are different stages of business from the idea stage to the startup stage to the growth and maturity stages. And then we're figuring out business, we're figuring out business problems and we're building enduring businesses that are going to last. So to learn more about the insiders and how I can help you build a bigger and better business, check us out at smallstarter.com slash insiders. Again, it's a smallstarter.com slash insiders. The second thing I want you to do is to tell your friends about this podcast. The Small Starter Business Podcast is all about practical content that can help you become a better entrepreneur. And the best part is you can implement many of the things you're learning in this podcast starting today, right? These are very practical things you can start to apply immediately. This is not 
book knowledge or, or theoretical stuff. This is wisdom directly from the front lines of, of business and entrepreneurship. So tell your friends, tell your colleagues, anybody who is about to start a business or has already started a business and they need to understand and figure out this responsibility, just tell them about the Small Starter Business Podcast. They Google us, Small Starter Business Podcast, where the top at the tippy top on, on, on Google there, and they're going to really thank you for referring them to the Small Starter Business Podcast. The third thing I want you to keep in mind is to leave us a five-star review. That's like the very best way for you to say thank you and give us a pat on the back. On top of that, a five-star review makes it easier for other people to find the podcast because what a five-star review says is, I like this podcast. I really dig this podcast. I think this podcast is great and other people should listen to it. So what the algorithms do on the podcast platforms is that they make it easier for anybody who is interested in learning business stuff, especially that relates to Africa or doing business in Africa, it brings this up on their on their radar. So if you want to leave us a five-star review, you can do that on the app that you're using to listen to this podcast. If you're using an app like the Apple Podcast app or the Google Podcast app, or you can leave us a review at smallstarter.com slash review smallstarter.com slash review. So if you make the decision to be an insider, I really look forward to welcoming you as our latest uh, insider. And you can check out the insiders at smallstarter.com slash insiders. So um, I'm very glad uh, I, I took on this topic in, in today's episode. As you try to build your business, you're going to come across all kinds of people, all kinds of personalities, all kinds of characters. And the objective of this episode is to allow you or empower you to be able to make the right call, to be able to make the right judgment, essentially for you to be able to be discerning, right, in making the right call about the kinds of people you allow come into your business. And if you look at the range of people I've discussed today, right, some of them on the surface may not look like they have value, like the novices that I talked about. This, they may look like a lot of work. Like they don't know how to do the work. They may look like they don't have any value, but they, they, they can be uncut gems, just like I explained, because sometimes it may just not be enough for you to judge a book by its cover. So until the very next episode, I look forward to sharing something interesting as usual and being able to impact you with the knowledge that would allow you to build a bigger and better business because a big and better business, a prosperous business, is a wonderful thing for humanity. You get to contribute to society by employing more people. You pay their salaries. You allow them to earn a living. It has a ripple effect on the economy. You pay your taxes, right? All these things are important. And that's exactly how we're going to pull ourselves and our societies out of poverty, right? The, the government alone cannot do it. Entrepreneurs have a huge responsibility. And that huge responsibility comes at a major comes as a major incentive because it's a win-win. You get to achieve your vision, achieve your dreams, make money, and still help people. It's a fantastic deal. And that is why I love to serve entrepreneurs. I love to help them become better because when we have entrepreneurs who are better at what they do, our society instantly improves. And until the very next episode, stay safe and um, just be good be optimistic, no matter what you're going through, it's just a phase. As you can imagine, entrepreneurs eat problems for breakfast. So that's that's the job. Our job is to solve problems. So if you're going to if you're going through problems, just hang in there. 
you're going to come through. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.